Hello, and welcome to Health and Fitness Redefined. I'm your host, Anthony Amen. Join me today as we take a dive into the world of health and fitness, where we learn to overcome adversity, depict fact versus fiction, and see health and fitness in a whole new light. Today, guys, we're going to talk about something a little different. I want to preface this show before we welcome our amazing and talented guest today, that to me, wellness is something that we can divide into tons of different categories, right? So everyone always thinks fitness, you got to go, you got to work out, blah, blah, blah. The other side of it is probably diet, what we're putting into our mouths. And then there's another whole array of health. But something we always miss is that spiritual aspect. And I'm not talking religion. This isn't any kind of religious belief, but yet some kind of spirituality that helps us understand who we are and can help drive us forward and how imperative it is to help keep us functioning at a high level. So without further ado, let me welcome to the show, John Frederick. John, it's a pleasure to have you today. Anthony, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me to talk to your uh, listeners a little bit about um, my version of, of health and wellness on on a lot of different planes as your introduction uh, started off so nicely. Thank you. And you really do have just this like backstory and different view and how to be prosperous. You have a book coming out. But before we really talk about all of that, let's break it, bring it back to where did this journey begin? How did you get to where you are today? Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> the, time we got. Um, the, th- the, the thumbnail version is um, I became uh, a, an addict for lack of a better word in the mid seventies. Um, I used drugs and alcohol. It worked for a minute stopped working. I didn't know that. And I went downhill for 20 plus years. And uh, that slow spiral down, down, down had a lot farther to go, but I was pretty miserable. And at that point, um, I fell into uh, 12-step recovery. It turned things around and changed my life very slowly. Uh, It took a long time for me to actually put the plug in the jug, as we say. Uh, And uh, then a series of health challenges erupted, um, and and that sent me on this spiritual journey to finding wellness physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, psychologically, all kinds of ways where I was just running on empty. Uh, So that's the short version uh, of, without getting into the specifics of, of, uh, you know, how I came from this really bad place and getting worse to the abundance, uh, abundant life that I have today. I live in Paris, France. I've been here four years. This was my dream. And the book is uh, Prosperity Now, a 12-week journey to the life of your dreams. Because if I could do it, you have a dream, people have dreams, and, and they can do it too. They no reason they can't fulfill their dreams. Yeah. And I really want to emphasize a little bit more on your backstory first, where we mentioned you were an addict and I know you also were diagnosed with HIV and cancer. Am I right? Yeah. 
What kind yeah, of cancer? Stage four, four non-Hodgkin's follicular lymphoma. That's a lot precise. of words. <laughs> yeah, to be precise, in 2016. So 1996, I was diagnosed with HIV, almost tipping into the category of AIDS, um, but not quite. And, um, you know, that really light, lights a fire under you when you get this life-threatening terminal illness diagnosis. The Chinese have a saying, one disease, long life, no disease, short life. Because when you have a disease, you start paying attention, hopefully, to, to your diet, to your physical wellness, to your spiritual uh, wellness. And um, yeah, and then exactly 20 years later in 2016, I was diagnosed with a non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And um, I did all the Western medicine, uh, and, and but I do a lot of the uh, holistic practices that have worked for me over the years. And then there's even this, this higher consciousness of of, of your thoughts, of your beliefs, of your feelings, of, of, of what is it that uh, manifests this in my life to help me wake up. And that's really my takeaway. If I don't say anything else that makes any sense to anybody, no matter what happens in my life, I can look at it through the lens of, okay, buddy, why are you here to help me? What did you come here for? show me and then just kind of sit and work with that question until I'm shown the answer. Uh, and uh, from that paradigm, nothing's here to F with me. Nothing's here to mess me up. Nothing's here. I'm not a victim anymore. It was a big song I used to sing in those early days. Uh, part of that backstory was um, I was in pain and, and I needed uh, some kind of anesthesia to, to handle that pain. Um, I didn't, nobody took me to therapy when I was a kid. Um, nobody talked about feelings, uh, you know, those kinds of things that, that really clean out the soul, clean out the, 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 the emotional psyche. Um, that didn't happen. Uh, and, and so I went along doing what the best I could, as long as I could till the road ran out and just thank, thank the universe that I found uh, a, a door open at the end of that road and what led into a whole new life. You mentioned pain and talk a little more about that. And I'm trying to put together your story real quick. And I'm sure everyone else kind of is. Yeah, I'm sorry. I keep bouncing away from it. <laughs> You're good. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, as a kid growing up in a fairly normal, fairly dysfunctional household uh, with, with uh, some emotional abuse, some sexual abuse, uh, a little physical abuse and, and uh, just, not having the toolkit. I'll hear a lot of people who I work with or who I meet and talk to say, you know, I just thought I was the one person that didn't get the manual for life as a kid. And that's really painful when you're confused, you don't know the answers, and you don't really feel comfortable talking to anybody, asking these questions of, of, a, of a teacher or a parent or, or an older brother. I was the oldest, so I didn't have that. Um, so you just kind of bump along and do the best you can, kind of making it up on the fly. And, and uh, pain is something that is a, uh, a teacher and a healer when it's seen right. If it's not seen right, it's just painful. Um, you know, the Buddhists say life is suffering. That's the first noble truth. Life is suffering. Um, M. Scott Peck in the book The Road Less Traveled says once you know that life is suffering and you accept it, it ceases to be suffering. Um, in, in recovery, we say 
pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. It's a choice. It's a mindset. So I'm suffering all these years because I don't know any other, other way, and the drugs and alcohol take the edge off. Uh, but they turn from being a, a solution to the problem to being part of the problem and exacerbating the problem and creating new problems. Uh, so it really is the story of a guy 22 years walking in a fog and, and just uh, living life by the seat of my pants, doing what I could, um, losing jobs, having cars repossessed, being homeless twice, not on the street, thank God. I have to qualify my my share and I say I was homeless because I was. I didn't have an apartment of my own, but I had friends, so I wasn't on the street yet. Um, you know, one of the things we say in recovery is yet means you're eligible too. So I never went to jail. I never went to a rehab. I never had a DWI. I could have um, yet. And certainly uh, I'm eligible for those things and worse if I was ever to start start using again. Let me uh, chime in here just to yeah, create please. some sort of parallel, right? So I'm going to use two examples. First personal, which is something I've mentioned on previous shows. And I just still wish there was a way around this. But those that choose to see life differently... It unfortunately takes some kind of pain, whether it mental, physical, emotional, to understand that there's more to life. This is how you overcome it because they take the responsibility into their own hands to start living a better life. That's personal, like everyone knows my personal story here. And then the second side of that is you were mentioning drugs, alcohol, and how they helped. Now, this can be the same for medication. And I'm just going to point out, oh, gosh, I had a doctor on, and he said everything in life has side effects. And you can go back and listen to that show. But that's how we think in Western medicine is, okay, I'm going to take high blood pressure medication. Now it has side effects. Maybe it's causing... I'm going to make something up here, so don't quote me. But maybe that... Cholesterol medicine causes my hypothyroidism, let's say. Now I have to go take Synthroid and to get my thyroid levels created. Great. Synthroid is causing some GI distress. Now I have to go help my GI distress and take some other medication to help that. And then before you know it, you're 65, 70 years old and you have more medication that you can keep track of. So you have a list of the time of day of each one to take because they counteract the side effects of each other. That was a mouthful. <laughs> what are you telling? So the, I'm going to say to that, yes and no. And I'll tell you my experience, which is really all I share with people. Um, I was diagnosed with HIV. I was pretty sick. I had very low T-cell count. Viral load was very high. And um, I went to uh, two spiritual retreats back to back. A friend of mine took me down to New Jersey to a spiritual retreat for people with HIV AIDS. And I thought I was going to learn. I didn't know it was a spiritual retreat. I thought I was going to learn about how to handle social services, how to handle doctors and all this stuff for people with HIV AIDS. And it was a spiritual retreat. And we did mask making. We had ice cream parties. We did poetry. And we did work in circles, large and small groups with um, some spiritual uh, healing techniques. And um, everybody there was talking about the meds and how toxic they were and how difficult they were to take and, and, and how uh, 
in a way, this was worse than the disease because you have to suffer through all these side effects. So I was really scared. And my doctor wanted me on some meds right away, and I didn't know what to do. So I went to the second retreat and out on Cape Cod. And I'm blathering in the car like I'm wont to do. I don't know what to do. I've got this disease, and I'm, I'm got to take these meds, and the meds are worse than the disease, and I just don't want to start them, and yada, 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 yada. Finally, one of the, the guys in the car um, we're all gay in the car, and he's a big queen. He says, oh, shut up, Mary. I've had enough of you. I'm taking this, this, and this. He named three meds, Epivir, Zero, and Crixaban, to be exact, and they're working great. And I want to tell you, there's a line in the Bible. Um, I, I'm a metaphysical Christian, a, a little bit of Buddhism, a Taoist, uh, work Course in Miracles. I do a lot of spiritual things. There's a line in the Bible, the peace that passes all understanding. And when I tell you that all my worry, all my concern, all my fear just left, it went. It went, and with a certainty that was not John in my ego mind, the certainty, when he said that, I said, that's what I'm going to take. And I went to my doctor, and I said, I'm taking Epivir, Zeret, and Crixivan. And he said, okay. Uh, you want to try one? And I said, yeah, all right, we'll try one. And it immediately knocked my uh, viral load down to an undetectable level. And I went back with the blood work and I said, I want to take all three because that's how this works with the antivirals. To take three keeps the virus from mutating and becoming resistant. And I did. And now here's the last part of the story. Um, I would take those pills and I would... I didn't call it blessing them, but I was affirming that these will work a thousand times better than normal, and they will work with no side effects, no side effects whatsoever. Thank you, and gulp. And I drank the water and drank the pills. And can I tell you, I've been taking these pills since 1997, six, seven, and um, they work a thousand times better than normal with no side effects whatsoever, which gets into what I'm talking about, which is our thoughts are so powerful that we can create that placebo effect. I was just watching this movie called Heal, and they talk a lot about the placebo effect. The placebo effect can make you well. The placebo, the, the nocebo effect can make you sick. If you think yeah. about I'm gonna. I, I totally agree with you. I just want to let you know. <laughs> My statement before was underlying things that are preventable. So high blood pressure could theoretically be preventable. In most cases, not all. So that was my point. It all kind of downhill spiral because they're taking things for granted. But I agree, it's all a mindset, and everything in life really comes down to how you think you can handle something with some kind of side effects. An example would be when I hurt my neck, I was told I was going to have lasting migraines for the rest of my life. I haven't had them in years because in the beginning I accepted it. I'm going to have migraines and I had migraines. And then when I was like, no, I'm taking control of my own life now. This is never happening again. I'm doing A, B, C, D, E and migraines disappeared. And the placebo effect is one of the most craziest things. I have a psychology major, and it was always shown. And people will 
make ourselves believe certain things to the point where we can get really, really sick. It's crazy. There has been cases, and you can go look this up, of men who start looking pregnant because they are so convinced they're pregnant. And they'll start experiencing symptoms like they're pregnant. Now, we know men can't get pregnant, and they don't have a baby inside them, no. But they just utterly convince themselves that they were this flu case and they're pregnant and they started looking like they were pregnant. Mind-blowing. Yeah. And the mind is really what's in control here. Um, and, and so the, the, the things that I try to help people with that, I've worked, that have worked for me is that these laws, if you want to call them, um, are, are discernible, they're knowable, they are, they are um, uh, applicable, you can apply them, they're, they're practical. Um, the people that started the kind of metaphysical uh, understanding of, of Christianity, especially um, in the 1880s, were looking at laws of electromagnetism and laws of aerodynamics and, and saying, oh, if we can figure out how those work, we can create a light bulb or we can create a heavier than air uh, aircraft because we learn the physical laws and we apply them correctly. Nothing, diff- nothing different here. If I learn these spiritual laws um, and apply them correctly, they work. And, and, and the mind is just an amazing uh, 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 mechanism. Consciousness is not in the mind. It's out, it's out here. And it, it affects matter. Uh, um, quantum physicists have been showing that for, for close to 60, 80 years that the, the, uh, the mind of the observer affects the, affects the uh, energy at the quantum level. And that's exactly what we're talking about. I'm getting a little out of my wheelhouse. Uh, but it's all right. We'll bring it back in. I want you to talk about your book, Prosperity Now, and this 12-week program of how to help people. So someone <laughs> listening to the show, they can take these methods, John. They can apply it because... I, I do full heartedly believe in the power of thought and belief. So I want you to talk to us a little bit more about this, man. Take it away. Can I show the book? Absolutely. Okay. This is the book. It's on on Amazon. It's also an ebook. Um, I love the cover. Uh, my editor found this cover for me. It's really wonderful. Um, I just believe that that whatever we dream and conceive and believe we can achieve. And it's, it's just as simple as that. Say that again. I love that. One more Whatever time. Whatever we can dream and conceive and believe we can achieve. So there's a spiritual principle that people misunderstand tremendously. A lot of these that the people misunderstand. And one of them is faith. And you'll hear people say, oh, I wish I had more faith. Or I wish I had your faith. Um, and the fact is, is that we all have the same amount of faith. It's just what direction is it going in? If I have faith that the pills are toxic, then they're going to be toxic. And if I have faith that the pills are, are benign and here to help me with no side effects whatsoever, really believe that in my gut, heart, head, toes, all lined up in the same direction, that's, that's faith in, a, in the direction of my good. Um, prayer. 
That's another thing that people misunderstand. They think, oh, I just say a few mumbled words and I go about my day and do whatever I want. And well, my prayer didn't work. I don't know why. Prayer is everything. You are never not praying. You're always praying. You're always telling the universe exactly who you are and exactly what you want and exactly what you think you deserve. So if I say I want this, but my actions say that, you you can probably identify with this with people in, in the physical health. Now, they want to trim body. They want to want want to be uh, you know uh, physically fit. But then their actions miss the appointment to come to the gym and, and do the work, right? So what's their prayer? Is their prayer, yeah, I really want to be physically fit, or is their prayer, I want to stay in bed? Um, and when those prayers are jumbled, thoughts, words, deeds, beliefs, uh, all that lined up or not lined up. It's like having a bunch of different people on a boat rowing in different directions. I mean, the thing's going to sink, right? Everything lined up in the same direction, then that's a powerful prayer, and the universe responds to that. The universe responds to that. So uh, I'm I'm going to chime in. Please, yeah. Wow. (laughs) First. (laughs) Secondly, so it's it's true and i want to give an example uh just personally about this all right so people ask all the time when it comes to uh, just how do you, how do you do it how do you how do you know this is going to work whether it's from business or like you know how do you get these sales or it's helping people how do you know you can help get this person to walk again i know <laughs> i i just know because if i doubted myself they're never going to walk again and in my eyes that's so cruel like i'm not going to question what i'm doing i'm going to be like i know if you do x this is going to y is going to happen and 99 percent of the time y comes true because that's how i believe whether it's a it's that mental thought of this is where I'm going to be, I am full heartedly convinced I need to be here. And I just, your body is just going to start doing things to get there. And it's all going to start at an atomic level that you're not even going to know. Right. And we, I've mentioned so many times on this show about the vibration of your cells based upon your moves and how they've tracked to changing. So like, it's so true. Another example to talk about your consciousness and just, for anyone that doesn't believe in consciousness, in a show of hands, and I want all of you to think, obviously we can't see your hands, but how many times have you knew someone was standing behind you and you didn't see them? (laughs) All the time. Your eyes never, there was nothing that could convince you visually that that person was there, but yet you felt they were there. Here's another one. How about the time? How many times when you're blindfolded or your eyes are closed, you know something's about to touch you? Mm-hmm. It didn't touch you yet, but you know it's there. That is how we feel outside of our body. And you can only really feel that way if you take a second to look deep within to sense that. If you don't take that time for yourself, whether it's through meditation, whether it's through religion, whether it's through uh, praying, like you were saying, but just by thoughts, like having these affirmations 
then you're never really going to truly understand or see things this way. And they're never going to come true. If you constantly think bad things are going to happen to you, bad things are going to happen to you. Well, part of the, a, a large part of this book is based on, I keep forgetting where my camera is, is based on the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. And the, we go through each week, one of the, one of the steps and the middle steps, four through nine, are really about house cleaning. They're really about doing things to get out all these old, tired, stale, useless, broken, ineffective ideas, these, these beliefs that we've carried from our families, from our school, from our, our religious upbringing, maybe from television, all these things. You know, the, 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 the commercial that I always use is... The one that, because they always sell you the disease before they sell you the cure, cure. And so the one that says the shingles virus is already inside of you. And I have to go, I take that out of my consciousness. I take that uh, out of my belief system. Because if I hear that, and it just, it's almost like you're walking through a, a polluted air uh, atmosphere, and you have to constantly detoxify yourself of these things because they're all around all the time. People are saying them, people are believing them. Um, and belief activates our faith. Getting back to that one big, huge spiritual principle I was talking about your belief, our beliefs activate our faith. So if things aren't working out for me, if I'm not living the life of my dreams, I'm not a victim of bad circumstances or the economy or the president or any of these things, the weather. I can sit there and go, okay, why? What is going on inside me? Look inside. Uh, the Tao says, how do I know all these things? I look inside myself and see. And I look inside myself and I see mom had crazy ideas about money. Dad had crazy ideas about sex. You know, that, that teacher had crazy ideas about uh, uh, economics, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. You hear all these cliches all the time. I've got lots of examples of beliefs that we all take for granted and don't even know why we, why we believe this. I show people a piece of paper. I says, why will, um, why will this piece of paper not get me anything if I walk into a Starbucks and this piece of paper get me a, a latte? They're both pieces of paper, but the entire world believes and agrees. We all agree this paper is worthless, garbage, and this paper is worthy. And we don't even think about that. It's, it's so ubiquitous. Yeah, of course that paper is worth, worth money. It's worth money. Why? Because it's a piece of paper that we all agree is valuable. Let me tell you a quick story about using this intuition if we got time. Um, yeah, go for it. I worked in the government center down in Albany, New York, um, and uh, across from the Capitol. I worked in and around the legislature in the Capitol, and I'm sitting at my desk, and this has happened to me before. I used to use this intuition, just go here, go there, get off at this floor while I was going around doing my business and uh, run into people that I needed to talk to that maybe I hadn't gotten their phone call back or something. So I'm sitting at my desk, and the voice says, get up, go across the street to the Capitol. So it's not unusual. I take a break anyway. So I get up and I go across the street to the Capitol and I see a friend of mine there. She's a painter in the building. She's like beside herself and almost hysterical. Um, 
I'm like, what is wrong? She goes, I just met the Dalai Lama. I'm like, shut up. You did not. She goes, yes, I did. Yes, I did. He's here. He's visiting the Senate chamber. Stay here. He'll be back. So I, st- I sit there with her for about 10, 15 minutes, and here comes with his entourage, His Holiness the Dalai Lama, into this foyer with about eight of us standing around, and he shakes each of our hands and says to me, and it says to everybody, thank you. And I'm like, thank me for what? What did I do? And I'm going to tell you, uh, after he left, I, I went into a private room off the the foyer and I just broke out crying. I couldn't believe I met the Dalai Lama. This was so random, but it wasn't random. It was so profound. It was so that I had listened to that voice and I said, you know what? I'm just going to take a walk. I didn't know why. Um, Meeting his whole, and a lot of people, he was in town for that week or a few days. And a lot of people were trying to get tickets to go see him at different events and they couldn't even get into these arenas to see him. And I got to shake his hand. One of the most profound experiences of my life. I love that story. And I, I want you to just, because I've this happened many times in my life too, where just you have that intuition, you need to go somebody and they end up there. And it's just, that's the reason I'm here. But I just, I really want to talk about how to start. So you, let's say someone's has none of this. They're broken, whatever it may be. Give us a recommendations of how to kind of begin. The very first step is surrender. Give up. Let go. Put your hands up. Put down the armor. Put down the weapons. And join the winning side. It really is the first step. It sounds so simple. It sounds even trite. But it actually is... um, the most profound and sometimes the most difficult thing, because what I have to do is I have to admit all my life strategies have not played out. They've all come to dead ends and, and not brought me anywhere close to the life that I want and deserve. And, and without surrender, um, without awareness that there is a problem, nobody can even start. So, if I have awareness that there's something wrong, that is really the hardest part. That's really, you've really done the hard work already. The awareness that something is wrong, because many people go through life just kind of with blinders on, like I was doing for 20 years, and not knowing that something was wrong and that it was me that needed to make the change. So once the awareness comes in, then the the next step is to accept it. Accept myself just as I am, without judgment, without blame, without blaming my parents or the church or the school system or the government or anything like that. Just say, you know what, John, this is where you find yourself. Um, We say, if you find yourself in a deep hole, the first rule is to stop digging. So stop digging. And now you'll turn around and start in the other direction. And here's the thing with that. Uh, Once I make this decision, not a pledge, not a promise, I'm going to get up tomorrow and go go to Anthony's gym, but a decision, a real decision. Once I do that, the universe will respond to that assurance, that certainty that I need a change and I want a change and I deserve a change. And I am going to change. It's not the world that needs to change. You know, you can either carpet the whole world 
or put on a pair of shoes? And which is easier, which makes more sense? So once I get that awareness and I get that acceptance of myself, okay, this is, this is where it's brought me. Um, now the third step of that awareness acceptance is action. I have to take action, move a muscle, change a thought. So the book talks a lot about taking action. How do I get out of this hole? How do I get out of this, this marriage? How do I get out of this horrible job? Um, how do I get out of this disease that's manifested, this health, cha health challenge? People said, oh, you fought cancer, you beat cancer. And I would like, and I don't even know where this came from. It just seemed right. I made friends with it. I didn't fight it. I didn't beat it. I made friends with it. I said, what are you here to teach me? Why are you here to help me? And that's an awareness that I never had 20, 25 years ago. I was a victim. So once I get into this action, the universe will respond and, and all manner of people and situations and, and uh, resources will show up. They will. They will show up to help me out of the hole and to manifest the life of my dreams. It's a famous quote from Henry David Thoreau, um, which actually I could read a little bit of. I learned this at least by my experiment, that if one advances confidently in the direction of his dreams and endeavors to live the life which he has imagined, he will meet with success unexpected in common hours. He will put some things behind, will pass an invisible boundary. New universal and more liberal laws, liberal laws will begin to establish themselves around and within him, or the old laws will be expanded and interpret it in his favor in a more liberal sense, and he will live with the license of a higher order of beings. I love that line, and it's true for me. Um, uh, I have a, a, a mantra that I say, things always work out well for me because God is with me in every situation. So it doesn't matter how bad this situation appears. It's come here for my good. It's come here to help me. It's come here to wake me up. It's come here to give me courage. It's come here to give me deeper faith. It's come here to give me a blessing. And um, when I see it from that angle, it never fails. It never fails. I, I'm like having flashbacks. <laughs> so I'm just sitting here just, and I'm sure a couple of listeners are, are too right now. They're thinking of some specific moment. And I know I bring it up almost every show, but it's why I'm here. If I didn't, I was going to become either a math teacher or a meteorologist. I was stuck between the two. And my accident left me first being the victim. Why me? Why me? Why me? Um, why does this happen? I'm only, I'm only 20. What, what's going on? And then when I started, I just said, okay, never mind. I'm going to stop being the victim. I'm going to do what kind of John said and surrender it and just say, okay, bye. Now I take it and say, what can I do? And then I realized, let me work on me. So I worked on me. Then I said, oh my gosh, I helped me. Now I have a higher purpose to help others who may have had similar situations in their lives where they just were downright defeated and about to give up. And 
I can help show them there's a way. Absolutely. And then from there to owning a gym and helping saving more lives to there doing this podcast, I wouldn't be anywhere in my life right now if it weren't for that injury. And I no longer see that injury as an accident, but as a direction. Without it, I wouldn't be here. With it, I have a sense of purpose and understanding. And that's what I love about it. There's a spirituality aspect to kind of tie it all together. The spirituality is understanding that that accident or that whatever you may call it was my purpose. And now I have the belief that I want to help inspire others to live a better life and that there is hope out there if you believe there is. And that's that's the God's honest truth right there. Absolutely. And you 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 uh highlight in that story two two very important things. The event is not the event except what you say it is. A and everybody has this. Everybody has these crash and burn experiences at some time in their life where this, the wheels fall off the wagon and they don't know what to do. And is it a blessing or is it a curse? I get, to, I get to decide. And then the second thing is the 12th step of the 12-step program um, is uh, helping others. And sometimes I'll have a, a student or, or a sponsee and they'll say, why is this happening to me? And I'll say you may only be going through this because five years from now, you're going to meet somebody who's going through this too. And you get to say, yeah, it happened to me. It happened to me. And this is what I did. And this is how I came out of it alive and stronger and wiser and more compassionate, a more loving, uh, more powerful, more powerful. You know, we are powerful beings. We have no clue how powerful we are. Uh, to to uh, uh, shine a, shine a bright light, and I I see you doing that with the podcast and with the uh, the fitness centers, um, and yeah, we all we all have this capacity. It's just some of us are hiding that light under a bushel. Yeah, and it's time to break free. And John, last two questions for you that I ask everybody. Well, first one, wrap all of this up into. A, that take home message for us, go for it. If you don't know what your dream is, start journaling and find out, ask that question. What do I really want to do? What brings me joy? I haven't even mentioned the word joy yet. Oh my God. My motto in French is vive joie, live joyously or live with joy. If you are not living with joy, you deserve to live with joy. So if you don't, if you know what your, and if you know what your dream is, what are you going to do tomorrow to start or today to start in that direction? I totally agree. <laughs> and I love the, I love the correction you made there. You were going tomorrow and then you change it to today because my quote is tomorrow isn't going to wait for you. So why wait for tomorrow? Boom. <laughs> so start now. That's the best answer. Begin it now. I love, I, I'm, I'm not a diarier or a journaler, but whiteboards have been my new thing. So, but it still works. <laughs> 
And then last point, John, how can people find you, get a hold of you? Where can they find your book? Give us all the good stuff. Book is on Amazon, Prosperity Now with an exclamation point, 12-week journey. It's on Amazon, ebook or uh, soft cover. The website is prosperitynowlifeofdreams.com. I'm, I'm just actually getting more robust with my, my website recently. Um, and when this podcast is up, I'll link it there. Prosperitynowlifeofdreams.com. And uh, I'm, I'm open to emails. Uh, I'm open to uh, talking to people about this. Um, I work with students. Um, I work with sm small groups on Zoom. Uh, from here in Paris, France, the place of my dreams. Who know that ho this homeless guy was going to end up living in a beautiful apartment in Paris, France. The power of spirituality. And thank you guys for joining us on this week's episode of Health and Fitness Redefined. Don't forget, hit that subscribe button and join us next week as we dive deeper into this ever-changing field. And remember, fitness is a journey, not a destination. Until next time. For us, we know what it's like to feel unhealthy, depressed, and downright defeated. We want to show others there is a right way. And through fitness, you could do anything you set your mind to. Fitness can give you that motivation, confidence, energy you need to bridge that mental gap and prevent you from missing important life events. We understand it's about feeling better, living longer, and being good examples for our kids. We understand this because we live it. And for us, that's the redefined difference. <laughs>